Our scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Luke and its second chapter, beginning at the 25th verse. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. And then Simon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was a prophet also, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. We're going to sing another hymn, or no, we're not. (laughs) Sorry to deprive you from singing. Well, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It was the Christmas holiday, 1992, and I was alone on campus at night. My room was located on the second floor of three-story building dormitory at Presbyterian School of Christian Education in Richmond, Virginia. This was some 31 years ago before I had not even met my husband, Will. I was taking Christian education and youth ministry classes while I was rewriting a chapter of my doctoral dissertation for San Francisco Theological Seminary. All the students were gone for Christmas holiday, and even other international students were gone to participate in Christmas International House, which pairs up international students and American host families. I couldn't go anywhere, as I needed to rewrite the most important chapter of my dissertation, so I stayed, rode, read, and rewrote. 
Some married students stayed a little longer until almost Christmas, then even they too left. The last couple kindly took me grocery shopping before they left. I bought food to sustain me and a bottle of wine. Of course, it's me we were talking about. And during the day, I was mostly fine. Offices were opened and people were everywhere on campus. I was a little lonely, but not afraid. During these days, I would go down to a computer lab in the basement of another building. And um, you see, I didn't have my own computer back then, neither did a lot of other students. And I was writing, rewriting, as I said, and doing, um, making a lot of progress on my dissertation. It was scary at night. I was afraid at night. I have always been afraid of darkness, height, and water. I'm sure I told you this a few times. And then look, I came to live in a place surrounded by water. Not always very wise. But sorry, I digressed. Every night back there and then, I went to the dean's office to use his computer to write. Paul, our dean of the school, was a kind man and had given me permission to use his computer at night. In those days, we had a thing called floppy disk. If you don't know what it is, if you're too young to know what it is, look at the front of your bulletin. That's three floppy disks right there for you. So, you know, in those days, if, if you actually have a box of those floppy disks, you're considered very cool. My entire dissertation was in one of those floppy disks 31 years ago. If you, have, um, if you didn't have one of these, you had to borrow them. So anyways, Christmas Eve came, and I was too afraid to, in the dark to walk to the nearby Presbyterian church. Other, like other nights, I locked my dorm room inside and read the Christmas story from the Bible, sang some carols by myself, and I prayed. At midnight, I opened my one bottle wine. In those days, I was drinking white wine. I don't know why I bought a bottle of red wine. And I said, here, baby Jesus, is a toast to you on your birthday. I remember how untasty that bottle of red wine was. I went to bed that night, but I was awake with fear as on other nights until almost dawn. On Christmas morning, when I opened my door, there was a handmade wooden basket at my door. This one, full of oranges and apples. There was a card, and that said, Merry Christmas, Mingy. The wooden basket has, a, like you saw, red hearts on the front and back and my name painted on it. it. I was shocked, overcome by joy and comfort. I realized I had not been alone the whole time on campus at all. Someone was watching over me.
God. And whoever left me this basket was aware that I was there and was thinking of me as he created this basket. Peace overcame me. The end of Christmas break seemed to have arrived. I was no longer afraid. I saw God's salvation in Jesus for me had come. The humble Christmas card was not signed, and it didn't have to be. I saw as a sign, I saw it as a sign of God's presence with me every moment of my days and nights there. I still remember how I felt that Christmas morning. I felt safe and saved. Seeing God's salvation for me with my own eyes was the greatest and most wonderful feeling. Several days later, I learned John, one of the janitors, discovered I was living alone at night on the whole campus. He made the basket for me. On Christmas morning, he delivered the basket with apples and oranges at my door. The angel's words to Zechariah, to Mary, and to the shepherds, fear not, became more real to me than ever before. I felt, it felt as though an angel had come to speak to me that morning. Seeing Jesus being brought to the temple in Jerusalem for his purification, Simeon said, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. These words became more profound for me. To me, the kindness of John the janitor was seeing God providing my salvation from being afraid. Though much younger than Simeon and Anna, like them, John proved himself to be devout and a righteous person. John's kind and comforting words touched me. My fears and feeling sorry for myself went away. All it took was one person, John the janitor, who made an effort to let me know God's salvation from my fears was right before me. I could see John, I could talk with him, walk safely with him, rely on him. He was seeable salvation just when I needed it. John turned the darkness and fear of that 1992 Christmas holiday into an experience of having seen salvation provided as God's grace for me. John the janitor would be shocked to think of those words applied to his kindness, but it fits. When I read Simeon's words, I responded with gratitude for God's grace I received in Jesus Christ. God's grace had come to Simeon in seeable form in the baby Jesus. God's salvation had become Simeon's salvation. I am grateful the salvation of God I have seen for myself is also a gift to all people who love and serve the Lord. 
Dr. Shively Smith tells us in Luke chapter 2, readers encounter some of the quintessential features of Luke's storyline, such as story doublets and the juxtaposition of male and female characters. We hear this in these paired stories of Simeon and Anna with the infant Jesus. Their stories enrich each other and help us see now how God's salvation comes upon us more clearly. Simeon and Anna have interesting similarities and contrast. Both of them were old, but one was a man and one a woman. Simeon was led by the Spirit to come to the temple for this occasion, but Anna lives there all the time. Simeon was recognized as living a holy life, but Anna was named a prophet. According to scholar Frederick, uh, Fred Craddock, the truth of Simeon's prophetic witnesses was confirmed by the prophet Anna a devout prophetess of advanced age, being a woman with the gift of prophecy who live in the temple area continually in prayer and fasting. She too comes to the scene precisely where and when Jesus is being presented. Anna thanks God and witnesses about the child to all who have kept alive hope for the redemption of Jerusalem. Dr. Joy Moore, professor of biblical preaching, writes that throughout Luke's account is the practice of partnering women and men to witness to the presence of God that leads to peace. Peace is what we need nowadays all around the world. At time of peace where no one intentionally hurt others, but living in harmony with one another as the beloved children of God is what we need today. As John, the school's janitor, reminded me of God's salvation in Jesus for me, I wonder who you are reminding of God's salvation in Jesus for them. And I also wonder who are the people that help you see God's salvation in Jesus for you. This year is ending, my friends, as today is the last day of the year. Would it not be a good idea for us to pause for a moment and count our blessings of this passing year? I'm not big on New Year's resolution, as you can see the proof. Yet, I would like to invite all of you to leap into the New Year God is about to give us, planning how we can help others see God's salvation in Jesus for them in the year to come. When all of us do that, we may be able to join the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 61, verses 10 and 12, saying, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with the garland and as the bride adorns herself with her jewels. 
for as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. I'm grateful for every time I have seen evidence of God's gift of salvation. I know it is almost always contrasted with times of fear and darkness. But I know that the, at the end, the basket of God's grace and the presence of God's comfort will find me, will find you, will find all of us. God's love will always win. God's love will always win. If we open our eyes to see, we will always be seeing God's salvation in Jesus for us. Thanks be to God. Amen.